Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. It's June 9th, and this week in Major League Soccer has been the type of week that one day we'll likely look back on it and have a lot to say about where it took us. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard the news by now. Lionel Messi is moving to Major League Soccer to become a part of Inter Miami to consider that impact and what comes next. I am joined today by Alex Windley, who writes for 90 Minute Soccer, Bleacher Report, and the Heron Outlet, focused on Inter Miami. Alex, how are you today? I'm good, Meg. How are you? I am doing well. It's been an absolute whirlwind for me all the way up here in Philadelphia digesting this news. How have you been digesting the news? Were you expecting it? What were you doing when it was confirmed? What went through your head? Yeah, I think um, I, I was expecting it. Yeah, you know, according to things that I was hearing and, and seeing around, you know, the team, they were pushing hard for Messi. And, and as soon as Messi kind of turned down that Saudi Arabia deal, I think it was between Barca and Miami. And after that, I, I felt very confident of the ownership getting it done. But yeah, it's just been a seismic shift down here in Miami. You know, last night I went out to get a Miami Herald newspaper and they were all sold out. But I, I managed to nab uh, the sports section that had the, the Messi headline and and cover and it's just a monumental moment for Miami sports you know the Panthers are in the finals so are the Heat and now Lionel Messi is playing for the local team so it's just yeah hard to put into words but it's such a a momentous moment for the league and and American soccer and for Inter Miami. Yeah those are the moments as a city that really bring you together every so often it's not common but every so often a few Philadelphia sports teams will be good at the same time and (laughs) the way the city gets excited collectively it's a special moment. Do you you feel like it's really spilling out this news into the non-football, non-soccer watching crowd? Yeah, for sure. My nephew went to get a haircut yesterday and uh, uh, my dad told me uh, the barbers were even talking about it. So it's reached barbershop talk and in non-soccer circle. So that's how big it's been. And even my mom, you know, going to work, you know, she she said her co-workers were talking about it and it's reached every single corner that you you possibly could have, you can't even fathom, you know, barbershop talk and, and, and my mom at work and even a couple of people that don't watch soccer reached out to me and said, hey, have you seen this? Which, you know, obviously, yeah, <laughs> I, I have. But yeah, it's just been absolutely crazy and there's murals being painted and there are fans outside of drive pink stadium just you know banging drums uh, lighting off pink flares and it's just been a, a crazy time a crazy last couple of days and this still it's it's still not over because Miami still have to uh, find a coach and there are some rumors and uh, reports that they could be getting rid of uh, well yes getting rid of a couple of players to make room for you know obviously Busquets is, is in talks with the team as well and and you know obviously they still have to bring on a coach so it's just Still, the madness hasn't stopped because they were they are going to continue to add more players and and then obviously the coach. But yeah, this week has just been absolutely crazy and uh, just a, a landmark moment for South Florida as a whole. Yeah, I have I, I share that premonition that the madness isn't over yet. Lots of exciting names are being floated out there as being added to the team, and I want to ask you about that. But first, I mean, what a week for the PR staff at, at Miami. They must be having a field day. I think I saw the Instagram for Inter Miami went from about 1 million followers to 5 million. Have the, What has their communications to you and the other, you know, credentialed journalists covering the team been like? Have they been updating you guys? Are they giving you instructions on, on what comes next? What to brace yourself for? Yeah, honestly, uh, I'll give you one example of the other day uh, during, um, excuse me, after uh, Miami's U.S. Open Cup uh, win against uh, Birmingham Legion. Um, yeah, the, the press conference was pretty uh, 
you know, a lot more official now. Obviously, you know, sometimes when you're communicating with the comms team so often, you kind of get comfortable with each other and they know who you are. And and usually you don't have to put your byline in, in the, the the little name space. But this uh, last the other night, you, you know, my by, everyone's byline was there and it was a little bit more tidied up and official <laughs> because of, of, of the madness. And, and, and poor interim head coach Javi Morales, I don't think anyone <laughs> got a single question in about the game. It was just... <laughs> Yeah, and it was his first win ever, too. So, I, you oh. know, he was excited, and he was like, come on, guys, ask me about my first win. But, you know, they were all about Messi and, and how he'll fit into the team and, you know, Messi, Messi. And, it, yeah, it was just absolutely madness. And I believe today they also have a, um, a media availability for the game tomorrow against New England Revolution. So uh, I'm intrigued to see how the, uh, the the quotes from Javi Morales and, and you know, maybe even the comm staff, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how, how they go on about it. But, yeah, it's just been a little bit more tidied up and buttoned up a little bit more now because, you know, we, we know the comm staff, but now it, it's, I just hear the swaths of international journalists and, and South American journalists flocking to, to Miami to, to cover this. So it's about to get a lot more busy in, in, in Hermione's press box over the, the course of the next two years that Messi is here. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I don't know how many people you usually have in the press box, the Philadelphia Union. It depends, but I, I feel like maybe there's... 10 or so regulars and I feel like for whatever it is for you guys that's about to quadruple I mean you'll have to let us know but I wouldn't be surprised if there's over 100 people in the zoom waiting to ask questions today in that press conference yeah in terms of the logistics so you you mentioned that it got a little tidied up you had your byline next to your name what do you think needs to be done in terms of just the infrastructure? And I don't know if professionalism is the right word because it's a professional club, of course, but from security to the stadium to, I know the training facility is very nice from what I've heard, but is there anything that you think needs to be immediately addressed now that you have this huge star coming to the club? Yeah, for one, um, the training facilities are are, are incredible, honestly. I, I know, yeah, not to toot the club's horn, but they, they it, it is impressive. You know, I've, I've toured in there. I've, I've been on the field, and, and it's super nice. The recovery rooms are, are, are incredible and, and honestly world-class compared, you know, I've heard. River Plate were here training over the their offseason, and, you know, even their head coach was like, this was super nice. I remember when Argentina came to train, they commended all the facilities. So in regards to the actual infrastructure of the club and the team, I think that that is set. However, you did bring up a very good point about security. Uh, while Drive Pink was, was, I think it was built in, what, nine months, it still is pre- a pretty open campus. And yeah, there's not a lot of closed spaces. So, you know, pregame, the team walks from the training ground to the stadium. That is definitely not going to happen anymore, period. I don't know how they're going to work around that because the entire campus is just so wide open that, you know, fans can go and interact with players and, and run into them accidentally. But with Messi on, on the, the premises now, I, I I can't see that happen. They're, they're going to have to beef up security. They're going to have to uh, even add more seats to the stadium. I know uh, per the Miami Herald, uh, Michelle Kaufman did report that they're going to add in about 3,000 more seats to Drive Pink. So it'll be 18,000, 3,000, uh, excuse me, seats in there now. So um, still, I, I think that, you know, they may have to move some games to the Hard Rock Stadium down in, in Miami Gardens. And yeah, it's just going to be crazy. I want to see how they fit the logistics in, but yes, security will need to be beefed up. The pregame walk to from the the training ground to the stadium will not happen anymore. Curious to see how they're going to prevent fans from running onto the pitch to you know take selfies with Messi and all that stuff. Because I do remember uh, Ronaldinho had a 
like a, a charity event down here a couple of a months back. And, you know, the security was honestly quite poor and it, it didn't look good on the club. And a couple of fans were able to get on the pitch and, and, and take photos with the, the players on there. So they're definitely going to need it to step it up. And, and, and uh, another thing uh, I remember, you know, just the way the press area is situated. So, yeah, it's just super open. So one side of the stadium fans are, are kind of mingling and, and whatnot, but that is the VIP section where journalists and, you know, the people who are praying for the midfield boxes and whatnot, you know, get in and that's how the players get in as well. And it's just so open to the crowd and they're going to have to fix that. And it would make sense if I had a map of the stadium, but everything is just so open and close together sometimes that I ran into a couple of players on accident, um, just trying to make my way through to, to the <laughs> conference room. Yeah, that, that, that's how tight it is. And I, like my brain is like on fire trying to think about the logistics that they're going to have to deal with. But yes, they, they're going to need to beef up security and seats will need to be added to the stadium to make this, you know, a more enjoyable time for the people who are actually paying money to go watch Messi. Yeah. When you think about taking that on the road, because obviously that's going to happen in South Florida, but I'm sure you've seen wherever Inner Miami is playing starting this week, by the way. And I feel for whoever's buying tickets for the game in, in New England, thinking they're going to see Messi, he's not—he's not there yet. Um, <laughs> but wherever you guys go, it's sold out now. People are opening up new seats. It's going to be a spectacle all over the country. So that security question is going to be a league-wide question. It'll be interesting to see what kind of resources are, are necessary for that. But it's funny. One of the main questions I, I'm seeing a lot in the comments from people is, "Will he play on turf?" which kind of opens up a broader question of imagining him, you know, playing on, on football fields, on baseball fields, on turf. Do you think he will play on turf? Do you have a sense for those types of things yet? Honestly, I, I do think that, honestly, I will say Messi's quite durable. You know, he he, he spent his career his career getting hacked down and, and, and pushed over. So I can see him playing on uh, NYCFC's uh, stadium and Yankee Stadium. I don't think that will be an issue, but Yes, the turf is the biggest question, honestly. I think, I do think it'll be up to Messi and whoever the next coach for, of Inter Miami will be. I, I do think if Messi is, you know, ready to go and wants to play, I don't think the, the next head coach will, will stop him from playing. But turf is such a, you know, it's not, I know I played soccer as a youth. It's not a, it's honestly not a good surface to play on for your joints, your knees, uh, all your lower extremities. And, and yeah, I, I do think it'll be just, a personal decision for Messi and the next coach, but if they don't want to risk anything, I do. I can see him sitting out games, which would be unfortunate for the fans who did pay tickets uh, to see him. You know, like uh, against Atlanta, a New, a New England Revolution next season. If Miami plays Seattle away, you know that'll be another big issue. Um, but yeah, I do think it'll be a decision between Messi and the next coach. And if he's up for it, I do think he'll play. But you know, if they don't want to risk him getting an injury or, or hurting himself further, I do think he'll probably sit out those games. Do you have a sense for when he's going to start playing? Has that been confirmed? I know I've I've seen some rumors, but do you do you have a feeling for when we'll actually see him playing for for Inter Miami? Yeah, and in July, League's Cup when um, Miami play Cruz Azul, uh, I believe I, I think that is probably the best date to guess my guesstimate that where 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 Messi will make his Inter Inter Miami debut. Uh, it makes sense from a league standpoint, you know, that is their, uh, the, the tournament that they've been pushing very hard and obviously getting Messi against uh, Cruz Azul, uh, you know, I believe Miami is going to be hosting that game as well. So Messi at home and their new, in the, the tournament that they've been pushing so hard, 
it, it will just make a lot of sense at home. So I think it's going to be, uh, I believe, July 21st uh, against Cruz Azul uh, at home uh, for, for Miami. I think that's probably the best guesstimate. Completely supplanting. I think that's the first game the U.S. women's national team play in the World Cup. Wow. I imagine yeah. it's different times of day, but Messi yeah. is completely taking the spotlight from. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. That sounds exciting, though. That's a good Mm. debut, good time to look forward to. Alex, when, you know, when you talk to colleagues you have abroad, maybe you can relate or friends who come to the sport from an international perspective, there is, I think, a lingering sense in places that Major League Soccer is a retirement league, that this is where people go to end their career, kind of take it easy the last few years. Do you think this is part of that trend do you think that this is part of a retirement league type of thing or do you really expect Messi to come and and really play and impact the league and and impact the club how do you how do you see that as part of the broader perception of major league soccer yeah that's a good question honestly I do think that over the past couple years MLS has been able to shake off that that kind of retirement league uh, feeling around them with a lot of young players coming through. You know, you got the Tiago Amadas of the world. Uh, even early Inter Miami tried that with Matthias Pellegrini and now a Philadelphia Union standout Julian Carranza, who's been killing it up there for them, for you guys. So, um, yeah, I do think that is they, they've kind of shifted away from uh, the retirement league uh, moniker. But with Messi, I, I do think Messi is kind of the exception, really. You know, Messi is kind of timeless and and so you know you you take him at whatever age uh you can uh get him which for in Miami is 35 but yeah I do think you know you're seeing the rumors of Luis Suarez, Busquets, you know Angel Di Maria those guys are all on the uh you know they're all what 30 30 plus 35 some of them and yeah I I do think that with a certain caliber of player you kind of ignore the all the you know retirement league uh sayings but I, I do think that for one, I do think Messi will kind of open the door to kind of MLS like 4.0, where you see players like Antoine Griezmann, who's what's still 31 years old, interested in coming to MLS. Other play, European players who may have been on the fence about uh, going to MLS and seeing Messi going and now going and now saying to themselves, OK, maybe in a couple of years now, maybe even not even like maybe if they're what, 29, 30 and, and they may not get a big a European contract or they just want another a different lifestyle they may go to MLS seeking to still be competitive but live in in America and, and try a different experience so I, I think Messi will open a lot of doors in that regard but um yeah as far as the retirement league thing goes yeah I, I do think that the way Miami is going with all these rumors yes it can get into that sphere kind of quickly but I, I do think still within the squad they have a, a lot of good young talent so I think it'll be a good mixture of you know Messi and if Busquets comes and, and versus you know guys like Edison Estona, Benjamin Kmaschke, the homegrowns David Ruiz I think it'll be a good uh, mix and match of you know older more experienced players versus in Miami's homegrowns and, and kind of you know mid 20 year olds to kind to lead the team. You mentioned MLS 4.0 on the horizon that this could usher in a new era for the league. Is there anything you hope comes with that? Any changes necessary that you think Lionel Messi's arrival could accelerate? Yeah, I think the roster rules, I think everyone wants them simplified for the sake of everyone, honestly. And, you know, there are a lot of ambitious teams in the league that want to spend and, and spend more than what MLS currently allows. And I think, you know, with Messi, similar to Beckham, I think Messi coming in now will 
usher in maybe in a couple years time, maybe some new roster rules, maybe the salary cap will be raised a little bit. Maybe the DP rule is gone entirely. And it's just one giant roster where you can deviate money how the team so please. So um, yeah, I think that's the one thing I am looking forward to is, you know, just maybe the roster rules changing due to this, because you know, if you I don't know if you read the contract details, but it's going to be a mixture of Apple and Adidas kind of throwing in, you know, stuff into the pot and and yeah, it's just this giant ball of money that they're giving Messi essentially to get him here. So um, yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to maybe the roster rules changing a little bit and being simplified in that regard. But I don't think they'll happen immediately, but maybe a couple of years down the road, we'll see um, the league, you know, kind of getting rid of some of these TAM and GAM stuff that, you know, makes MLS so unique, but maybe for the outsider, it's a little bit confusing. Definitely. Yeah, the deal itself is is certainly we were hint it was hinted that we'd get a creative deal to bring him and it certainly is creative. So it seems that he similar to the Beckham deal, which also spawned a new era in major league soccer, he's gonna have the the ability to have a stake in the club. Is that right? In in the future, because he can't while he's playing. Yeah, I have to double check that, but I do believe that is on the table as well. Yeah. Okay. And then he has the Adidas the stake in the sales from Adidas and then the stake in Apple in addition to his salary. But he, you know, even all of that, which is going to be a giant chunk of change, he is taking this deal in lieu of Barcelona, which it seems that Barcelona maybe was, if you agree, the obviously club that has his heart, maybe the place he wanted to go back to in, in, in some ways, but they couldn't quite get the deal together. And then Saudi Arabia, which offered him, it's hard to wrap your head around this type of money, but it sounded like it was a billion dollars over the course of two years was the deal that he turned down in Saudi Arabia. So yeah, what do you what do you make of the fact that he chose the MLS deal with, you know, Apple, Adidas, Future Club over Barcelona, the club of his heart and Saudi Arabia, the one billion dollar offer. Well, looking at, um, well, excuse me, reading his uh, uh, interview with Mundo Deportivo, I, I think that Messi just wanted a calmer lifestyle. And, you know, while Saudi Arabia is for him a bunch of money and, you know, they'll, they'll basically give him the world. I think Miami will, him and his family, he'll, they'll just be able to relax here a little bit. And, 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 you know, Miami's a heavily Spanish-speaking city, so, you know, him and his kids will not be able to, culturally, it'll be kind of similar to, uh, you know, Argentina, honestly. There are a lot of Argentines here in Miami as well, so, you know, him and his family will have a, they'll have a good time adjusting, you know, it won't be hard for them, and I think, you know, it wasn't about money for Messi, what what he said. He, he said he wanted a slower lifestyle after those two years in Paris. He wanted family time, and I know that sounds kind of like, you know, he's going to take it easy in the league, but, you know, he did say that he he wanted to win, and I believe, I don't know if you saw that quote with him and Sergio Guerrero talking about uh, Miami's league position, which is basically last in the Eastern Conference. Messi already said he wants to get them up to eighth, ninth place and, and to make the playoffs, which is crazy to see Messi talking about playoffs <laughs> after, like, yeah, it's just surreal. But, like, yeah, I think he chose Miami because, you know, a slower lifestyle in a, in a league that's still competitive. And <clears throat> he has the Copa America next season, uh, excuse me, next year in 2024, which will be hosted in the United States. And you know, from what I've seen, he definitely wants to win it for Argentina, uh, um, you know, uh, again. So um, I think him just uh, playing in MLS will, will get him, um, you know, just get him ready for that tournament. And, and if he so wants to, he can play until 2026 when the U.S. will be hosting the World Cup and he can go probably go again with Argentina. So uh, I think that was one of the biggest reasons as far as Barcelona goes. I think 
honestly, their finances are such like, it's so messy for them. Messy, no pun intended. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very like crazy for them from what I read. You know, he Messi wanted assurances from Barcelona. And uh, from what I read, they, they couldn't give it to him. He didn't want to wait like last time. And and, you know, will they, won't they? And then eventually at the end, they won't, they wouldn't have been able to sign him. And he got his heart, you know, and getting his heart broken again. So I think he wanted to avoid that. And while he, he obviously enjoyed his time with Barcelona, breaking all those records, I think he just didn't want to go through that circus again. And, you know, that's understandable. You know, Messi's what, 35? He's won literally everything. He didn't want to stress himself out with that, with, all what they're going on and even so you know look at Barcelona winning the league this year I think they're probably better off better off without Messi uh, considering they were able to do so well in, in La Liga maybe not so much in the Champions League but you know I think it's it's better for the Barcelona as a team to just move move on from Messi you know uh, Real Madrid did it with Ronaldo and now Benzema and you know sometimes it it is in at the end of, 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 a, of a chapter so I think Messi just wanted a chill family life where in a still in a competitive league where he can get ready for Copa America and maybe the 2026 world cup and Barcelona, you know, was kind of iffy for him and Saudi Arabia was probably not the lifestyle that he wanted for his family. So I think Miami was the natural choice for him. Yeah. It feels, you know, selfishly, I think he made the right choice. Uh, and it, it definitely, in some ways it feels like it's ushering in this exciting new era that you just talked about in soccer or football in the United States, the Copa America next summer, the World Cup in a in a few years. So this is a nice beginning piece of that, it, it feels like in many ways. So we talked a little bit about the surrounding cast of characters potentially on the horizon. I have a few questions about that. One is just that, do you think that Messi coming into the club as it is right now, does he have the support and the cast that he needs to get the team from last place into eighth or ninth position, making the playoffs? That is a good question. Actually, this morning I was um, going over Miami's depth chart on, on my phone. I have a little Excel spreadsheet that I keep updated because it just it's helpful for me as a writer just to keep tabbing all the players. And honestly, no, at this moment, no, they, they don't. I'll be completely honest. They, you know, they're last in the Eastern Conference and it's not. I don't think it's because the players are bad. I think it's just the roster was constructed weird, and with the injuries to Jean Mata and Gregory, two very important midfielders for Miami, it's going to be. You know, their their season was. You know, if you watch them play, Meg, they, uh, yeah, yeah, the football was. Yeah, it was under Neville. It was not the best, and it was generally frustrating for for riders to watch and for and for the fans. They wanted the team to just play better, and and they weren't doing that. So that's one of the reasons why they let Neville go and. And whoever the next coach is, you know, he's going to have to, or she, they're going to have to be, you know, just implementing a more direct style of, 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 of football. And and I think that's what the fans want to see. But no, the roster isn't up to par at the moment. I, I do, I am hearing some things from people close to the club or, or people uh, who are close to people to the club. Um, a couple of players will be let go in the next couple of weeks. And yes, Chris, sporting director Chris Anderson is going under another overhaul of this roster just to get the pieces in place for, for Messi to be able to do messy things. I, I know Busquets is, is a player that's been heavily linked. And according to multiple uh, sources that I've been hearing, yes, Busquets will probably be an inner Miami player. They just need to work on, uh, you know, the roster construction and how he's going to fit on a non DP deal, which 
you know, sounds crazy, but you know, uh, you know, they could probably put him on a VP deal if they buy out um, Rodolfo Pizarro, who is a designated player. But yes, Busquets is in, in talks. I don't know about Luis Suarez or Angel Di Maria. I think those are kind of just more agent fodder than uh, concrete rumors. But no, at the moment, they don't have the roster. And I do, you know, players will be exiting and they will be bringing in more players. And plus, uh, the coach that they will be hiring. Heavily linked to Tata Martino. Preliminary preliminary talks have started. Uh, Tata Martino, if he is appointed coach, will have his say, and, and the players that um, besides Maxime Busquets, uh, he'll have his say on, on players to to bring in, even from across the league. You know, Miami have intertraded with you know teams before. You see the CF Montreal trade with uh, you know Kamal Miller coming over here in trade of Bryce Duke and Ariel Lassiter and 1.3 million in, in, in general allocation money. So. At the moment, no, the roster is not up to par. But, you know, over the next couple of weeks and leading up to that secondary transfer window for MLS, I, you know, you will see a lot of movement on Intermami side in regards to the roster and and, and just player movement, um, moving pieces around to fit the the guys in that Messi needs to, to be able to succeed in the league. That's very interesting. And, and we'll have to check in with you as we get closer to that July 21st debut to see how that cast has been assembled. I mean, a lot, as you mentioned, of exciting names and potentially an interesting coach in Tata Martino. How do you feel about him as a potentially floated new manager? Are you excited about the prospect of that? Yeah, I, I am. I, I, yesterday, I was actually rewatching um, Atlanta United's uh, 2018 MLS uh, Cup win against the, the Timbers. And I will say some of the personnel that Miami already have on the roster could fit what he he lined up with Atlanta, which was a, what a, a back three, mm. like a back five, a five three two. So, yeah, it, it, I think he's an interesting manager manager because he will suit the tactics to the players and not vice versa with Phil Neville. Miami, you know, Phil Neville just tried so hard to implement his style of play, which there wasn't any real identifiable style under Phil Neville. So he tried so hard to fit his style onto the players instead of vice versa. And I think with Martino, he knows, you know, he'll, he'll know the players well and he'll know their strengths and weaknesses and, and how to play them well. And I think Miami will be getting a coach that can have some, some, some flexibility in that regard. And, and also a manager that Messi played under twice for Barcelona and Argentina and a guy that he respects. So I think that's the most important thing. You don't want a, a new manager that's just starting out his or her career coaching Messi. You know, you want an established uh, a manager that has been and, and done it and coached through it all. And I think Martino not only has MLS experience, he knows Messi and he has his tactics will be suited towards the player. So I think that is it'll be a home run appointment if they're able to get it done and It'll be, you know, as someone who is more of an analyst an analyst and loves the tactical side of things, I'm really intrigued to see how he'll fit Messi um, into this uh, kind of ragtag group of uh, players they have on the roster right now. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Speaking of Phil Neville, so I'm just pulling up the email I got from Canada Soccer. About at 9.29 a.m., so about one minute before we hopped on, they announced that Phil Neville, alongside Richard Shaw, are joining the Canada Soccer men's coaching staff. So Phil Neville is headed to Las Vegas, I assume as we speak, to assist John Herdman in the CONCACAF Nations League semifinal and potentially final if Canada beats Panama. Alex, you know, you've been working with Phil Neville reporting on his team. What is what is he like as a manager? What has your experience been like covering the team that he was leading? Well, for one, he's a super nice guy, super great talker. He's, you know, just super warm and opening. And he, he's fun to talk to, honestly. He's a super sharp guy. 
you know, he loves the sport. He loves the game. He, he loved the players on Inter Miami's team. He was just super open and, and warm and he was incredibly fun to talk to. And he, he knew like, you know, like, let's say if you haven't been to practice in a while, you know, reporting wise be due to some family incident, he'll immediately ask you how you're doing and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, on the soccer side of things, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot to be, you know, he probably needs a lot more tactical uh, substance to his game. And, and with Inter Miami, there were times where, you know, the, their only real offensive output on the field was just crossing the ball into the, the forward and not a lot of ball, ball progression and defense was a little bit shoddy. But as an assistant coach, I think Neville will, will do well as a head coach. I think he needs to kind of go back over his tactical ideas a little bit more and just get them down pat before he takes another head coaching job. Because I, I do think he's quite young in his coaching career. I, I think he's only had two head coaching jobs ever, which was the England women's national team and Inter-Miami. He's always been an assistant coach. So I do think that he just needs some time to get his ideas really concrete and down pat. But yeah, he's a super nice guy. And he, he you know, the players did like him. And, and you know, he's just a just a warm guy to be around, but on the soccer tactical side of things, yes, he does have things to learn, but what you, you just said there, John Herdman is still the head coach of Canada, so he'll be making those final decisions, and he's been really good for them, so Neville will just be going over there to assist him in, in that regard, and I'm interested to see how, if any of, of his ideas from Inter-Miami translate over to Canada, but I, I don't think John Herdman will kind of, you know, relinquish any of that um, at the moment. Maybe you disagree with me, but before this season got started, when I was thinking about the seasons, I thought the Eastern Conference clubs would have ahead of them. I actually thought Inter-Miami was going to have a good year. I have, you know, listed as a playoff team. And part of that was with the, you know, the rumors of, of Lionel Messi joining the club. But I didn't imagine you'd be in last place at the time of recording in the conference. You know, I know that you have just said that Phil Neville maybe wasn't the most effective coach. What else are you attributing the current state of the team to? How are you making sense of the season that you're having? I do think that, you know, the the injuries to Gregory and John Mata did hurt. You know, like you said, Meg, after those first two games, you know, they beat Montreal and they beat the Union when I and I was convinced that you know maybe this team will go on to uh, continue what they did from last year they finished six foot in sixth place and I, I thought they'd be able to grow on that but you know once Gregory went down during that uh, NYCFC game what uh, the game after they beat the Union I thought you know maybe they could hold on into the summer to get another defensive midfielder in and they did with Dixon Arroyo but you know after that it was just yeah, I don't think Neville was able to coach out of that. And then they lost John Mata and it just kept going downhill and downhill. And I think, yeah, once the messy rumors started to heat up and, and you know, you couldn't justify Neville staying there either. So, I, I, yeah, it was just a perfect storm of bad for Inter-Miami Gregory, John Mata going down. And then Neville not being the best coach to be able to coach out of that situation, I thought, you know, it, it, yeah, it was just a poor, poor timing for, for, for everything. And that's unfortunate that both of those two players got injured because they were, they were starters and they were very important to the team. And, and, you know, after that, Miami just couldn't get a hold of it. And, and they were scrambling in a lot of games and being outplayed by, you know, every single team that they came across. And it's a miracle that they're still in the U S open cup. Honestly, you know, that's the one silver lining about all of this is that they still could could win the U.S. Open Cup, you know, from from what I've heard and seen that Messi 
Messi will probably be playing against uh, Cincinnati in, in that semifinal, which will be crazy huge. And, and you know, uh, you know, his first chance to win silverware for, for Inter Miami. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think it was those injuries really did hurt to Mata and, and Gregory. And then after that, they just couldn't climb out of that hole they were in. And, and, and that's why they're, they're sitting at the bottom of the Eastern conference right now. There are a few names, maybe no names, more associated with Inter-Miami than David Beckham, who is among the owners of the club. He is very good friends with Phil Neville. Mm-hmm. You know, what? to what extent do you think, first of all, bringing him on, but then second of all, maybe not letting him go sooner or, or letting him go? How involved do you think David Beckham is in, in that process specifically? Yeah, I will say that in... 2021 that was the year Neville got hired and I think at the time I was for the move because Miami was at the tail end of 2020 they were a complete mess uh, their head coach at the time Diego Alonso was fired and the roster was just not at the standard it needed to be to be a proper MLS team I'll be completely honest so Phil Neville came in during all of the chaos and I think David Beckham at the time he was more involved in the soccer operations because um, you know, the front office wasn't entirely filled out yet because, you know, early Inter Miami was just a hot mess. But yes, uh, David Beckham in early 2020, 2020, 2021 was involved in the soccer operations. And and that's one of the big reasons, in my opinion, that he hired Phil Neville because he, he had, David Beckham had a vision of what he wanted the team to be. And I think with him and Neville being such good friends that Neville could understand what Beckham wanted on the field. And I think that's a big reason why he was hired. But as it progressed 2022 they they overhauled the roster you know they made the playoffs 2023 I, you know david beckham from what i've heard he's not as involved in the soccer operations anymore right now he's quite literally just an owner who checks in from time to time and and you know he's just an owner him and his wife victoria they both uh, uh share five percent of the team so ten percent between the two beckhams and yeah he's just an owner at the moment and uh he's not really involved in the the soccer side, obviously, he he, you know, and commercially, he'll he'll, he'll unveil jerseys and he'll he'll uh, push the team wherever you know he is. But right now, he's not involved in the soccer operations at all. It's all up to Chris Henderson and his staff, and and Beckham is just quite literally there to you know be the face of the fran- well, the second face of the franchise now behind well in front or behind Lionel Messi. But yeah, earlier David Beckham, yes, he was involved in the soccer ops, and I think that was a big reason why Neville was hired. But now he he is hands off. You know that is completely up to uh, Chris Henderson and his staff. And Beckham is just kind of kind of there watching. Sometimes he'll fly in on his. Uh, honestly, he'll he'll um, um, Inter Miami's a little like their their facilities are next to an executive airport. So sometimes Beckham will quite literally fly in on his private jet and just watch practice. <laughs> and then they'll wow. <laughs> excuse me. yeah, and then he'll fly out. So right now Beckham is just. Yeah, he's just an owner, and he's just chilling and letting the soccer people do their stuff. And, and yeah, he's just chilling behind the scenes, really. <laughs> Have you met him in, in any of your times at practice? Has he flown in on that jet? No, no, I, I haven't met him yet. But I, I, I obviously, I've been in the building at the same time as Beckham, but I haven't had uh, the opportunity to, to meet him yet. Maybe uh, one day, obviously, I'll probably run into him. But, yes, I've, I've met Chris Henderson and – and the backroom staff and, and, and all of the nutritionists. And it, it, it's just super great. You know, I, I will say there was this one time um, Inter Miami um, hosted this media game and I was lucky to be a part of that. And, and that's where I, I got to meet a lot of the backroom staff for Inter Miami. And 
and tour the facilities and, and tour the grounds. And, and it was just a lovely event they put on for us. But no, I haven't been able to meet David Beckham. Uh, you know, one of these days I will, and, and I'll probably be a little bit starstruck. But um, no, I haven't been able to to meet him quite yet. When you think about the rest of the season, obviously we mentioned the team is 15th, which is last place in the Eastern Conference. Fortunately, they restructured the playoffs and a lot of teams make the playoffs. <laughs> Realistically, when you look at the near term for the club, with the addition of not just Messi, but it sounds like with the you know restructure of the, the squad imminent on the horizon, do you feel confident that this team is going to immediately with Messi's addition? I think MLS Cup, wow. Honestly, crazier things have happened, Meg, in MLS. So honestly, if Messi gets here and they restructure the roster to uh, elevate him and they go on, they make the playoffs and they go on a run to MLS Cup, you know, more power to <laughs> the front office to who were able to get that together. But honestly, from I'm kind of cynical, I'll say no to MLS Cup, but U.S. Open Cup, yes, I do think that is a possibility, but FC Cincinnati are just so good, and Miami have historically been a poor road team. Even with Messi you know, playing in that game, potentially, it'll be hard, but um, I don't think it'll be impossible, honestly. But if anything, yes, U.S. Open Cup, yes. I do think I do think that they'll probably fight hard to make the playoffs. I know like um, I know they're they're last in the East, but I, I believe they're only what five, six points behind. If they go on a, a, a two game or a three game winning streak, I think they'll be able to climb up the table relatively quickly. And like you said, MLS, you know, everyone makes the playoffs now, basically the top nine in each conference. So um, you know, I, I do think Miami will climb up the the, the table and the playoff regard. MLS Cup, I think it's a little bit too early for them. I think next season, let's see how everything uh, ends up and maybe next season if they get the roster moves correct. But I think the only real shout that they have this season is making top nine in the East. I, I do think that they'll, they'll um, uh, climb the table and also um, um, the U S open cup. I, I think that, yeah, the FC Cincinnati game is going to be very difficult, but you know, anything is quite possible with Messi on the field and whoever is coaching him probably Tata Martino, who's been in those high pressure situations before. So um, yes to the playoffs. I do think they'll make them and maybe to the US Open Cup, no to the MLS Cup. And there's also Leagues Cup, which I think they'll they'll do okay right. and maybe not win, maybe not win it, but they'll have a decent showing. Nice. Yeah, that Cincinnati game is, is gonna be a fun one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think. I mean, Cincinnati's not exactly close to Philadelphia. No. I could, <laughs> I could convince myself that it's yeah. close if that's <laughs> okay. My last question for you is when you think about Lionel Messi you take a step back you think about Lionel Messi coming to your club that you cover what do you hope the short and long-term impact of his arrival will be for your team wow yeah it's it's very hard to put into words I think already excuse me you're you're seeing the just the the effects of 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 everything down here like I said earlier they're they're painting murals and people are are, are, you know knocking pots and pans that's a tradition that we do down here whenever something good happens or whenever a sports team wins or or something they they knock pots and pans down uh, you know every street and and you know and I I think already you're seeing the, the every newspaper with Messi's name being sold out I think yeah it'll be like you know, I don't know if you remember when LeBron signed with the Miami Heat. I think it's going to be it's going to be ten times bigger than that. And, and 
Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm I'm just trying to wrap my head around how they're going to fit all those people in 18,000 seat drive pink stadium and they may need to move games to hard rock. And right now I think you're going to see uh, as far as the city of Miami goes, you're going to see a, a bunch of people just flock to the city and, and, you know, obviously spend their money down here and, and, and go to see inner Miami games. And I know the stadium is quite a way, quite a way, like what was it like a 45 minute drive from actually from actual downtown Miami. But I, I do think that they'll just, the city's just going to, you know, just wrap their arms around Inter Miami as a club. And like I said earlier, the Panthers are in the finals. Miami Heat are in the finals. Inter Miami are now on the map with the signing of Messi. And I think the city is just going to be super elevated for the next couple of years. And 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 if Messi decides to play in the 2026 World Cup, my Inter Miami, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Miami will be hosting a game uh, down here as well. So I think these next couple of years are just going to be a, an entire just soccer fiesta, you know, with Messi, uh, Inter Miami, and then you have uh, the World Cup being hosted down here as well at Hard Rock Stadium. I think it's just going to be a giant celebration, and there's nothing that Miami does better than party and celebrate. So I think it's just going to be this giant, just, I'm, I'm even imagining it right now, it's just this giant party these next couple of years, and the fans are going to be so excited, and it'll turn Miami into a, even more of a soccer hotbed than it, what it is already so I, i'm just really intrigued and i'm really fortunate to cover it as a writer because I, I think i'm gonna get a lot of good good stories out of this and and, and looking back at it I, I love me a good long-form narrative uh story to write so i i'm very excited to just cover it and get the pulse of the fans and the pulse of the city and i i think it'll just be lovely to to witness and and lovely to watch you know as someone covering the team it's beautiful stuff alex how can people Stay tuned with with that story that you, you're going to be tracking up close with Messi's arrival. Where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at aaw underscore nineteen ninety eight. You know, I, I you know I write for you know Bleach Report ninety ninety minute US. Um, uh, the Heron Outlet. We we drop a it's an Inter Miami podcast, so you can follow us there at the Heron Outlet on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, you shoot me a DM. Um, most of the time, I, I do always respond to people who have questions or inquiries about anything. Um, yeah, I'm pretty open. I'm just as much as a soccer fan as I am a journalist. So I just love the game here in the States. And I just want to I just want to see it be elevated, really. So um, yes, you can catch me on Twitter at AAW underscore 1998. And yeah, that's where, you're, that's where you will be able to find everything I do, uh, essentially. <laughs> 